Hey, how awesome was that singing? I love the reality that as you open up God's word and his story unfolds, he's made a promise that's just a marvelous promise. He said that every tribe, every tongue, every nation is going to be singing the praises of Jesus. And when I hear the praises of Jesus being sung in another language, although I understand not a word, um, Arabic, but that was, I, 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 did, I did read them, Aziz, so it was great. Um, I tell you, my, my heart sings because I realize God's plan is coming to fruition. Isn't that good news? And God's plan is coming to fruition, and God has included us as a major part of that plan. That is really good news. So whoever you are, wherever you've been, uh, whatever your life has looked like at this point, let me just tell you that God has a story for us. No, God has more than a story. He's got a love affair for us. He's got a life for us that, that calls us to himself and gives us the great privilege of going in his name and singing his praises, whatever tongue God has given to you for his glory. Such good news. Well, tomorrow, uh, for those of you in Orange County, you know this, tomorrow, Orange County public schools crank back up and everybody in Central Florida who's school age will be back in school. It's about time Orange County, right? Um, I ran into one of our students, one of the Orangewood Christian School students at Lowe's yesterday, and he wanted to complain to me lovingly, Pastor Jakes, I've been in school for a week and a half, and some of my friends from Orange County haven't even started yet. I'm like, but you know how smart you are? You know, you're going to have... I love as a pastor with a great school like Orangewood and a preschool like Maitland Community Preschool that's starting up this week to be reminded school is here because what happens with school? Activities come. Uh, And uh, this place fills up with activities. There's a buzz here. So for you Orange County folks, uh, blessings to you. I hope you wake up early tomorrow and I hope I see some of our teachers uh, that are Orange County. Uh, Go get them. But let me ask you this question. When school starts... What was your favorite thing ever in school? Do you have a favorite? I mean, think of your, your years. Some of you are in the midst of it now, but what was the absolute favorite thing about school? I know what mine was. Recess. Yes, that too. It was show and tell. I mean, talk about, I mean, who was the genius to come up with the educational opportunity of show and tell? Because here's what you had to do. You had to bring something into school that you loved. So bring something you love and then tell people about it. How hard of an assignment is that? I mean, that's easy peasy stuff, right? I mean, I have the privilege of bringing in something I love and then just sharing. There's no research. There's no hard work. There's no documenting your stuff. You just show up and say what you love. Well, I think that maybe one of the reasons that I love show and tell so much, and I hope you do as well, is I really believe God loves show and tell. And God, as a matter of fact, the reason that God created everything out of nothing, the, the reason that God created you in his image, the, the reason that Jesus would love us so much to come and to rescue us out of darkness into his marvelous light is what, so that he can show and tell the entire world of who he is. So he can show and tell all of us the depth of his love. I mean, he created all of this, this whole world in you and me, so, so that he can be seen, his glory can be known. 
That's why as Christians, we have this privilege of being what he calls his, his masterpiece in Christ Jesus to show and to tell his story, to show and to tell his glory so that the earth will be filled with his glory. If you were here last week, we began a three-week series. This is the second week. Uh, next week, we will conclude it. And it's basically God's glorious goal. What is God's glorious goal for the earth and for you? Because as we find God's glorious goal, as we find God's glorious mission, guess what? We find our glorious goal. We find our glorious mission because he made us in his image. And last week, we realized that Scripture tells us over and over again that God created everything. He created the world to be filled with his glory. If you've been around church, you've probably heard that before. If you've been around and had, had the Bible open, maybe you, you've heard that. It's probably something that those of us who grew up in this tradition will probably nod our heads and say, yeah, yeah, God created everything to be filled with his glory. But we may want to say, well, what does that really mean? Last week, we looked at this word glory, and we realized that it's really the manifestation of God's excellence. It's, it's making visible the beauty of God's character and the beauty of all that, God's do, that God does. That is filling the earth with his glory. is basically filling the earth with the knowledge of God, filling the earth with the light of God and the, the presence of God. Why? Well, because God created everything as a show and tell project. And incredibly, he gives us the privilege. He gives you, listen, whoever you are, wherever you are in life, he, he gives you the privilege of, of being a part of that show and tell project for the, the whole world to see him. We talked about last week that we are made in God's image. And as we're made in the image of God, we, we realize that as we get in the right alignment with who God is, as his light shines off of us, it reflects his glory. Like the moon, right? Like the moon that's just dust that gets in the right alignment with the sun. And then, man, you see the beauty. And that's us as we get in the right alignment with God to shine for his glory. And again, Jesus, the whole story, this good news of the gospel. So that sinners like us, the broken like us, the wandering like us, we can not only be a part of the show, we can be in Christ Jesus so much of the masterpiece of the show, of what God has done in and through you and me. This morning, we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at God's glorious plan. If God's glorious goal is to fill the earth with his glory, we must know, well, what's God's glorious plan? Because his plan of show and tell does include you. It does include me. There's three things we got to look at this morning. And the first one is this. Everyone who's a recipient of God's grace is also an instrument of God's grace. Everyone who has ever experienced the smile of God. Everyone whose life's been transformed by the reality that God loves you. Anyone who's experienced the incredible, unspeakable joy that Jesus died for me, you've experienced God's grace. But there's more. If you've experienced it, God has called you to be an instrument of his grace. We'll talk about that more. We also realize that God's plan is to fill the earth with his glory. We're going to look at the Great Commission today, what it's called, of how he chooses to use us to, to tell his story. And we're going to realize that we tell by showing. Instead of show and tell, we tell by showing. We show God's grace in our lives. And the really good news is, for those of us who have been set free, 
We can do that empowered with Christ. We can show the grace of God so others can see it. Not only that, we, are, we tell by growing. Growing in God's grace and growing in our knowledge of Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Growing because he's called us to teach others, to, to show others of this beauty of God's show and tell story. Are you a part of it? We're going to look at two passages of scripture. 2 Peter 3.18. I seem to not be able to get over 2 Peter 3.18. We're starting there again as our springboard into this glorious plan. And then we'll look to God's word in Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, as we see what is called the Great Commission. But let us start off at the back of our Bibles in 2 Peter. 2 Peter 3.18. Now let's be mindful. If we're at the end of the book in Peter or we're in the Gospel of Matthew or like last week we're in the book of Numbers, it's all God's word. And God has actually breathed his very being into the writers over the years, the centuries, to give us his word. It'll never lead us astray. It's, it's in the original without any error. And here's the point. Whoever you are, whatever's going on, God wants to speak to you this morning. Will you let him? And God wants to speak to you this morning, not, not to entertain you, but to transform you so that you and I could really be a part of a show and tell story. So we could be a part of what God's glorious plan is for your life and, and for the world. Let's hear God's word beginning in 2 Peter 3.18. But grow. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Why? Because to him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. And let's turn to Matthew 28. Maybe your Bible has a little description above it that was added there called the Great Commission. Hear these words of God. Verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Let's just hit pause there for a minute. I mean, this should make many of your hearts just leap for joy. Because Jesus had told them, hey, when I'm resurrected, I want to go meet you in Galilee and, and go to this location. And Jesus shows up and they see the resurrected Savior. They see the one who had been nailed to the cross. They see the one who was placed in the tomb. He is alive. If that was the reality of seeing Jesus, knowing that God is declaring with power, this is his son through the resurrection. Would you not worship? Would you see what else they did? Some doubted. Don't you love the fact that God's word lets us know that in the midst of the belief, in the midst of the joy, in the midst of the worship, there's still a little bit of doubt. Can this story be real? Can that really be Jesus? I hope that encourages you. I hope all of us have belief and may God help our unbelief. In verse 18, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let us pray. Now, Father God, with that promise of Jesus still hanging in our ears, that he promises to be with us 
even to the very end. What an incredible promise from an incredible God. So God, we know that you will fulfill your word because you must speak truth. So we're thankful that you have come and you have joined us because two or more have been gathered in your name. And so God, because you are here and because we're here by your design and because we're here for your glory, what is very, very clear is that you and you alone should be our focus and you you alone should be our attention. So come with power and and engage our, our ears. And engage our minds with your truth and and our hearts with your love. And God, would you come and manifest your glory so beautifully among us that, that we could walk out of here in a manner worthy of your name. And come and, and show us again your beauty and greatness so that we could do that which you've called us to do, to tell the world of the beauty of Jesus. Thank you for giving us that privilege. God, the things that I say that are wrong or just my opinion, may those things fall away and be forgotten. And the things that are said that are true and contain that that good news of Jesus Christ, would you use those things to make us more like your Son, our Savior, Jesus. And it's in his holy and precious name that we pray. Amen. If you want to follow along in your bulletin, there is an outline for you. And the first thing we'll see this morning is that everyone who is a recipient of God's grace is also an instrument of God's grace. Pretty good language right there, isn't it? Pretty good wordsmith and pastor, nicely done. Let me tell you, I stole it. Uh, For those of you who maybe like Paul Tripp and reading through his yearly devotional, I'm loving it. Uh, This was actually a phrase he used a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about this great commission that God has called us to. And he really summarized the truth very well by saying that's true. Everyone who is a recipient of God's grace is also an instrument of God's grace. You see, there's not one of us that God has ever chosen to bless There's not one of us that God has ever given grace to that he didn't give us that grace for a reason. So if you're here and you know the joy of God's love, of of calling you out of darkness and into his marvelous light, if you know the unfathomable, unspeakable, just incredible love that that God would take us who, who by nature are children of wrath, God's word says, and made us his children if for those of us who were dead in our trespasses and sins that have made alive in the gospel of Christ Jesus, we are recipients of grace. Tastes good, doesn't it? It feels good. Isn't it incredible? Isn't God's grace the most amazing thing for, for those who don't deserve it? Well, for all those he's chosen to show grace to, he's also chosen to be an instrument of that grace. God's glorious plan to fill the earth with his glory is not just for the few, the proud, the Marines. It's for all of us who are his children, all of us, no matter what we know and what we still don't know, what we believe and what we still don't believe. God's glorious plan is for you, beloved Orangewood, if you have tasted even a thimble full of God's grace to fill the earth with his glory, to tell his story. It's for all of us. No exemptions. Christianity, we got to realize, at its core, Christianity at its core is not a consumerism religion. Did you hear that? 
I mean, Christianity at its core is not a consumerism religion, but I got to tell you, we get some great stuff. I mean, the benefits that are poured upon us, the love that is lavished upon us, the, the transformation that happens to us in Christ Jesus, whoa, the great stuff we have. All the promises in the heavenly realms are ours today in Christ Jesus. Your past forgiven, your present empowered, your future guaranteed, great stuff. But Christianity is not consumerism. You see, we receive to give. That's the gospel. We're filled up to be poured out. Jesus has come and it cost him his life. I mean, he came on a mission to rescue you. And it included a Roman cross. And it included hanging there for your sin and my sin. That mission was to empower us to be back on mission with him and for him. And to fill the earth with his glory. You see, there's not one recipient of God's grace who's not an instrument of God's grace. God's glorious plan to fill the earth with his, with his glory is to make us his disciples, his followers, and to multiply the followers. It kind of reminds me of a game we used to play in student ministry. It's a game kind of like hide and seek. Has anybody ever played sardines? The questions you get asked in church. When we tell you about sardines, it's, it's like basically everybody goes hides, everybody scatters. You have one person who's it, and what their goal is to go find everybody who's lost, right? And so unlike hide and seek, once you find somebody who's lost, you partner together to go look for the rest who are lost. And eventually one becomes two, and two becomes four, and four becomes eight, and, and pretty soon there's a mob of people that are looking for the lost. And this is basically what Jesus has done. He's come as the one who's it and the one who will always be it. I mean, he's the center of, of the Bible. He's the, is the whole point of redemption. And he's come to rescue us. And he's come to say, not only am I going to rescue you, but now I'm going to give you the privilege to come. Let's look for the lost together. Let's come. Let's, let's bring this light into dark places. Let's come and let's bring order, the order of the kingdom of God into the chaos of this world. Let's come together and let's bring the beauty into the void. You see, he's come to rescue you to lock arms with you. And he locks arms with you to fill the earth with his glory. All right, Jakes, that was a stretch comparing Jesus to the sardines game. You think that was good? Wait till you hear this one. It's like Miss America. Where are you going with this one? All right. I mean, once you're crowned Miss America, you're really, your job just begins. I mean, once you've earned the crown, you actually are an ambassador for Miss America, bringing world peace to the entire world um, and happiness to all um, as you wear the crown. You have a job. You're an ambassador. You represent all that Miss America represents. I am really having a hard time with this because there's so many jokes I want to say. But let's see if we can turn the corner. Jesus came to rescue sinners like you and me so that he would share his crown with us. Are you kidding me? It wasn't enough that he would love us. It's not enough that he adopts us. He wants us to rule and reign with him. And he wants us, listen, he wants us to wear the crown. How in the world can the crown fit on my head and your head? Only by God's grace. But we wear the crown because now we're the ambassadors. Now we're the storytellers. Now we're the place where, where God's redemption and beauty is seen. Why? Because every recipient of God's grace is an instrument of God's grace. And we have the privilege of now going into the world and telling. Well, here's how we do it. You ready for this? It's incredible. God's show and tell 
is by us telling by showing. Let me say it again. God's show and tell is by us telling by showing. What do you mean? We are to, to tell the world by showing the world God's grace in our lives. You see, the reality is, is, is our, our standing before holy God, uh, our, our ability to have access to the God of the universe, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, is all about 100% completely God's unmerited grace. There's none of us, not one of us who, who has ever been, who's worthy of God's love, God's forgiveness, God's justification. Not one of us worthy. Not one. We stand where we are by God's grace alone. Let me read to you the way Paul writes this in Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, I'm going to read verses 4 through 9, and we'll pick up verse 10 toward the end. But God being rich in mercy. See, it starts with God. It's because God is rich in mercy. Because of the great love which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you and I have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Let me hit pause right there. I mean, it's just this love that's being lavished upon us, this grace that makes us alive, all that God's done. But it also says something amazing. It says, we have been, past tense, aorist in the Greek, seated with Christ. He's basically saying, the good work God has started in you, it's going to be completed And we're going to see him face to face. And it's all by his grace. Verse 8. Verse 8. For by God's grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's a gift of God. Not as a result of works so that no one may boast. Have you tasted God's grace? It's all by God's unmerited favor. Do you know the joy of being set free? So what does this mean? This tells us that the good news of the gospel is showing others God's grace. You know what they should see in us? Amazing humility. (laughs) We should be the most humble people on the face of the earth. We should have absolutely zero power to reach down and pick up the very first of stones to sinners around us. Not one ability to pick up a stone. Because why? Because none of us deserve it. But by the grace of God, there we go. The church should be the most humble place on the face of the earth. More than that, our lives should be the most transparent lives. I mean, our lives should be an open book to the world. Why? Because in Christ Jesus, right for this, you are forgiven. Did you hear that? In Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation for us. In Christ Jesus, we are robed in his righteousness. In Christ Jesus, he loves us and we're free You're forgiven if you're in Christ. Have you tasted that? You're free if you're in Christ Jesus. Can you you tasted that grace? It should lead to transparency. I mean, it should lead to the reality that you have nothing to hide, nothing to cover, no mask to put on. You're loved. Let the world see it. Let the world know that you're still a knucklehead. Let the world know that you still struggle, you're still stumbling and falling. Let the world see it. Let the world see that you're a work in progress. It's okay. Because you're loved, you're forgiven, and you're free. This place should be the most transparent place in all the world. This should be the place of repenting and believing. This should be the place where we realize, God, it's incredible. You've somehow seated us in the heavenly realms with Jesus. I mean, you've already loved us, but I'm still not believing. 
And I'm still acting like I don't know you. And I'm still talking with, with words I shouldn't use. And I'm still on websites that maybe I shouldn't be on. Repent and believe. We as Christians, we should be the safest place on earth. I'm going to make up a few words that end in EST so you get the point. We should be the lovingest place on earth. We should be the belongingest place on earth. We should be the believingest place on earth. We should be the holiest place on earth. Why? Because everything we got is by God's grace. Tell by showing. Tell by showing the grace of God in your life. What a privilege is ours. That's the gospel. Isn't it good news? Isn't it good news that Jesus didn't say, now get your act together. Get it all straight. Because I'm going to use you to tell my story. Here's what I want you to do. Don't mess up. I mean, make sure your ducks are in a row because people will see your ducks are not in a row. Make sure your house is in order. You know, clean yourself up. Yes, there's always a call to holiness. But he says, I want to use you right now. And I'm going to talk about my marvelous grace through your brokenness. Isn't that incredible? I'm going to show the beauty of my character through the brokenness and the fallenness of yours. Whoa. Show and tell by telling, by showing the grace of God in your life. Lastly, tell by growing. He says, grow, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Remember, you cannot share what you do not have, right? You can't share what you don't have. And so if you don't, if you don't have the grace of God in your life in a saving way, well, you certainly can't share it. But for those of us who do, we have to. But there's more than that. You cannot teach what you do not know. He's telling us in this great commission to go and, and go and teach and, and make disciples and teach them all that I've commanded you without the knowledge of Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You won't be having to teach. So grow in knowledge. We have two things for that. Grow in knowledge. One, know who Jesus is and know who, what Jesus has done. Start there. Make sure you know who Jesus is as the only begotten Son of God. Know what you know who He is as the second person of the Trinity. And you don't have to have all these words exactly right, but know that He is who He claimed to be and who the Bible says He is. Know that all that Jesus has done for you by becoming your sin, by raising from the dead, by giving you new life, by providing you the Holy Spirit. Know what Jesus has done for you. And know what God, Jesus has commanded us to do. He's going to say, okay, I want you to go. I want you to go make disciples. I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I want you to teach them everything I commanded you. You might say, well, well, Jesus, wait a minute. Everything you commanded us? Beautiful thing about Jesus. They'll remember when he was being tested by some religious leaders. And, and they said, well, Jesus, tell us what the greatest commandment is. He said, I'll tell you what the greatest commandment is. It's to love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus, as Jesus does, in incredible radical fashion, says, and let me tell you, the whole Bible, Moses, the prophets, all of them, they all hinge on this. They all hang on this. They all point to this. So you want to know what Jesus teaches? Well, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Next week's sermon. See, Jesus summarizes that for us. I just got to remind you, the reason that Orangewood is passionate about making disciples to advance Christ's kingdom, that's our vision, is because we believe that God has, has commanded us to show and tell and, and grow and tell. 
And the reason we have Orangewood Christian School and Maitland Community Preschool and Sunday Series and community groups and Band of Brothers and women's ministry. Why? So we can, we can show and tell. We can grow and tell. We can, by God's grace, make disciples of all nations. Now, when God's word says that he wants us to go and make disciples of all nations, some of you who are theologically minded might stumble over that a little bit. You might say, no, wait a minute. Is God asking us to do something that only he does? Because can't only God make a disciple? Didn't we read Ephesians 2 where it was God alone who takes those who are dead in their trespasses in life and makes them alive in Christ Jesus? I mean, only Jesus takes zombies like us and make us children of his, right? Well, it's true. Only God can can start the process. Only God can truly make a disciple and usher someone from darkness into light. But you know how God chooses to do it? Through you and me. So does God make disciples to advance Christ's kingdom or are we to make disciples to advance Christ's kingdom? The answer is yes. In partnership, we do. Why? Because Ephesians 2.10, let's come back to that passage. It says this, for we in Christ Jesus are his masterpiece. We are, we are created in Christ Jesus to do the good works in which God in advance had planned for us to walk in. So, so now we have the privilege of going and showing and telling and growing and telling so the world can see him. Remember, everything that God requires of us, God provides for us, right? Everything that God requires of us, God provides for us, including his glorious plan to fill the earth with his glory. Here's the good news. God has a plan. He wants to use you. He's going to give everything you need. Did you hear that? God has a plan. He wants to use you. By the way, he's going to give you everything you need. Let's talk about that for a second. Well, why? Because God will provide us the authority. God will provide us the community. God will provide us the urgency and the victory needed for his glorious plan to succeed. Jesus says something kind of befuddling. He says, all authority in heaven and earth have been given to me. You want to say, well, wait a minute. Didn't you always have it? <laughs> Was there ever a moment that you didn't have all authority in heaven and earth given to you? But now, because he has come in submission to the Father, now that it's mission accomplished for rescuing us, now that he is the resurrected Savior, the Father has given to him all authority. Heaven and earth are all his. And he's basically saying this, to us this, I'm going to give you access to go wherever you want to because there's not one place on this earth that I'm not the authority over. Your job your neighborhood, your marriage, your school. God is saying, I have authority over it all. Every year, my father's family, I'm sorry, my father's company uh, would have family day. And it was the most fun of the year. It was when uh, somehow back then, families would open, or the companies would open up to families and say, come and we'll all eat together. And typically, we ate together, and then we went to a hockey game together. It was a little hockey uh, um, team that was in town. They'd have a bus for us. We'd all go over there. And it was great going there. But I got to tell you, the best part wasn't the hockey game, although it was fun. It wasn't the food, though I love eating. The greatest part was access to the executive offices. See, my dad not only had a key, he had an office. And because he had an office in that executive wing that I had every right because I was his son and it was family day. And I, I had every right and authority to walk right down those halls, right into my father's office. I could even sit in his chair and spin around if I wanted to because I had that authority. And Jesus is saying to you and me, listen, all authority in heaven and earth is mine. I'm going to give you 
that authority. I'm going to give you that, that backstage pass to wherever you need to go in my name and whoever you need to talk to. If someone says you don't belong here, that conversation isn't right here, or that, 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 that's not accepted, <laughs> you know you've been given authority by God Almighty for the task that he's given to us. You see, God not only provides us authority, he provides us community. Everything he says to us is in the plural here. It's not just your individual plan. It's our plan. It's our plan to go together like that sardines uh, uh, game. Hey, let's lock arms and go find the lost. But it's more than just our plan that we go together. You ready for this? Jesus promises to go with us. There's not one place that he would send us that he's not willing to go, even to the ends of the earth and the ends of time. Having four kids born in Winter Park, Florida, created a little challenge for me because all my kids are going to have to learn how to snow ski. I mean, you can't have a Yankee like me not have kids that don't know how to snow ski. And so when we could go find snow at different times in their life, uh, a great joy and, and a great joy of mine was trying to teach them how to ski. And, you know, you take a little kid and you show them a mountain. So we're going to we're going to go down that thing. And they're like, oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? Well, we're going to start by teaching you how to snow plow. Anybody ever snow plow? You make a little pizza. Uh, you make a little pizza with your skis. And we're going to just weave our way down the mountain and snow plow. But the cool thing is with young kids is. You could actually snow plow with them. And what you do is you come actually right behind them and, and dad makes the bigger snow plow. And they snow plow right inside your snow plow as you navigate. Well, what if I fall, dad? I'm going to be right here. What if we can't do it? I'll never let you go. You go and I go. And together we can do this. You see, there's not one mountain that God's calling you to descend down or climb up that he doesn't say, remember, but I go with you, even to the ends of the earth. God provides us not just the community and the authority. God provides us the urgency. Why? Because Jesus commanded us to go. This is not just a suggestion. He didn't say to his disciples, hey, guys, I'm back. <laughs> I, I, I shed this dead thing. Here I am. Hey, you know what might be a good idea? What do you all think? I think it might be a good idea to let everybody know I'm alive. And let's make disciples. What do you all think? You in or no? I mean, some of you may not be gifted for this, so maybe not for you. What do you all think about this? No, no. Jesus commanded them and commanded us. There's urgency here. This wasn't like, well, you know, I'm not gifted. You know, I'm not called. Uh, you know, I'm not feeling it. But Jesus is saying to all of us, there's an urgency. My Father, our glory must fill the earth, and I'm using you to do it. I'm commanding you to go. And again, we, we hear this and we think of Genesis 1 and 2. I mean, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth with his glory. This has always been God's plan. Always will be. And Jesus lastly provides us even the victory. Remember last week, we looked at the fact that although we look at the world right now and say, how in the world can the glory of God fill this place? How in the world can his kingdom come here? And Jesus himself and, and, and our triune God has sworn by his own name, says, as, as surely as I live, the earth will be filled with my glory. This is not mission impossible, church. Did you hear this? The glory of God filling the earth is not mission impossible. It's mission in some ways already accomplished. Put yourself in the shoes of the disciples, the 11. When he says, I want you to go and I want you to, evangelize the nations. Think of these 11 that were hiding just a few days ago. 
Think of the ones who were denying just a few days ago. And he says to them, by the way, I want the whole world filled with my glory and I want to use you. They'd be thinking, there's no stinking way. Did you hear the song, sung in Arabic? Do you know that the world right now is filled with Christians telling his story? The plan is coming to fruition. The question is for us, are you a part of God's show and tell plan? If you are a recipient of grace, you are an instrument of grace. And if you are a recipient of grace, your prayer and my prayer should be, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done where on earth as it is in heaven. Let us pray. And Father, thank you for your glorious goal of filling the earth with your glory. And thank you for your glorious plan, this great commission in using us. Thank you for creating everything as a show and tell, a show and tell for your glory. And, and thank you that you chose us to be a part of that incredible plan. And that we could tell of your glory by showing your grace. And we could tell of your glory by growing in the knowledge and love of Jesus as our Lord and Savior. God, we thank you that you go with us. And we thank you that the victory is secure. But God, may the church be all that you've called us to be so that the nations will sing your praises for your glory. Let your kingdom come. In Christ's name we pray, amen.